Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Brock Martin. He served with fo- he served with Focus since 2013, first as a missionary on campus, then as regional director, and currently Brock is the director of regional evangelization. And uh, Brock, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Deacon Jeff. It's a great pleasure to be with you today. Well, you know, I know, you know, FOCUS has been going strong for many years. And for those who don't remember, FOCUS stands for Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Um, how are things going with FOCUS now? Are you guys continuing growing? I know you're not only national, but you're international. How are things going with FOCUS? No, that's right. God has continued to bless the efforts over here. You know, we've been uh, working very hard on college campuses, really starting in 1998, which is when we began uh, at Benedictine College out, up in Northeast Kansas and University of Northern Colorado, just outside of Denver. Um, and we've just been really blessed. The Lord is continuing to to just pour out his grace on the apostolate. And it's really no surprise. I mean, you know this probably better than anybody. Our Lord just deeply desires men and women to come to know him deeply. And when when young men and women begin to pray, and to, to really engage in the just the work of spreading the good news to their peers. And obviously, Focus has spent the majority of our work focused on college campuses, and that's kind of expanded a little bit now, and I'm sure we'll get to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but the reality is everything that, that is happening, the Lord, it, the Lord's behind all of it. So are you guys still – I don't know how it works. Do, do college campuses come to you and say, hey, we'd like to have Focus missionaries? You guys approach college campuses and say, hey, would you be open to that? How does the how does that work? No, great question. I think it's a little bit of both. I think the as as focus has grown, you know, in the early years, it was probably a lot more of of us reaching out to pastors and Newman centers, uh, saying, "Hey, this is this is what we're trying to accomplish. Is this something you'd be interested in?" And you know, as more people got interested, we began to grow that way. But as focus has grown, I think there's been a lot more of what you mentioned of, of people reaching out to us now and saying, "Hey, we'd like some help. We see." the fruits of what the Lord is doing through your work. Uh, how can we work together? And so I would say it's probably both and. You know, and, and I don't know if, if it's an issue you guys face, but, you know, the more you read, the more you hear how college campuses are trying to drown out any narrative that doesn't agree with the woke culture that we have out there. Do you find that that's a challenge for you guys? Is that something that's pretty much irrelevant? It doesn't matter? Or are the... No, I- the- the liberals at the college campuses causing more problems than they're solving. No, good question. I think obviously it, that presents many challenges, um, but I think our efforts, you know, it's, it's amazing to, to rest on the truth that the Lord has already conquered the world and the darker college campuses get, the darker the culture gets, the brighter the light of the gospel shines. And so it, it certainly presents many challenges and, and, you know, there's there's all sorts of rules and regulations that we want to, you know, you have to play the game. Um, but the reality is that the Lord's already conquered this. And so I think it, the darker things get, the easier in some senses our work gets, because the, the truth is every single human being has been created by God for a relationship with him. And so the more the world tries to strangle out that reality, the brighter somebody saying, hey, you were created to be unbelievably incredible. You were created to be a great saint. The more that that truth rings true in men and women's hearts. Well, which is important because if you go on, you know, I know if you go on the uh, Focus website, one of the stats is that 30% of the people raised Catholic 
right? Are they still practicing their faith? Only 30%. That's that's a huge number. And you guys are hopefully trying to make a dent in that, especially going to not only traditional Catholic campuses, but uh, secular campuses as well. No, absolutely. And, and if you look at the, the locations that Focus serves, the vast majority of them are not Catholic institutions. Uh, we do serve a number of Catholic colleges, and, and we are beginning to work in some, some parishes around the country. Uh, but the vast majority of the institutions we serve are not Catholic. And, uh, and so that reality paints true most of the places that we serve. Well, I mean, you guys do such great work, been doing it for you know decades now. And the fruits are, are definitely there. You can see it with uh, religious vocations and strong, faithful Catholic marriages from the people that were missionaries and, and people that participated in the, in the groups on campus. But, you know, I, I don't and I can't remember when you guys started the Sikh conference, but that thing is really mushroomed, hasn't it? No, it has really taken off. And, I, you know, it's fun if you talk to some people who've been around, you know, since the late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, what what used to be just called Focus's National Conference started back in 1999, 2000 with, you know, maybe 30, 40 college students gathered together. I don't think we started naming the conference SEEK until about 2013. Um, but since then, it has really ballooned. It's grown, you know, like I said, started with 30, 40 students. And I think the last conference we had in person had about 17,000 people in person. And then last year when we hosted our, our conference digitally, we had almost 30,000 people tuning in all over the world. Well, and this year, the conference was early February. And unfortunately, with uh, you know the COVID garbage that continues to uh, malign the country and the world, I guess, for that example, you guys are going to have to be digital again, right? Yeah, exactly. I think the, the way that I would describe it to people, though, is we have I think it's just a wonderful opportunity. You know, we, we try to live in this tension of we want to render under unto Caesar what is Caesar's and we want to, you know, be good citizens and follow what the people who are in authority are saying. But at the same time, the world's going to know that we are Christians by the love that we have one for one another. And the world's going to know that, that the Lord has conquered sin and death and has a, a desire for intimate relationship with all of us by the way that we come together and we worship him and we live Acts 242. And I think the, the reality is we can't be, you know, boxed in by, uh, by fear constantly. We have to, to live in the reality, as I said earlier, that the Lord's already won all this. And so let's be smart, let's be prudent, but let's also not, let's not forget the fact that we, we belong to a different world. So people can still sign up for the SEEK conference. For those, I mean, I know a lot of people already know about it, but for those who don't, why should somebody sign up for SEEK? What are the what are the fruits that are coming out of that? Who are the speakers? Kind of what are some of the information people really need to know so that they can you know, get online and get this thing signed up? No, absolutely. I think it's a great question. I think if you talk to focused missionaries all over the world, uh, by and large, many of them, if you ask them, hey, when did you, when did you come to realize that, that God the Father loved you, that Jesus uh, actually came into the world? He's, he was a real person, not just a, a myth or, or some historical uh, you know, myth that's been broadcast over the, over the millennia. And many people will raise their hand and say, you know, it was, act, it was actually at a sea conference or a national conference where I saw hundreds, thousands of men and women falling on their knees before our Eucharistic Lord. And I realized, oh my goodness, this is real. And, uh, and so that, that power, the weight of what the Lord can do when men and women gather in faith and in charity, it, it just is a catalyst for conversions. And it's, it's amazing to see that so many men and women come from different backgrounds. You know, there's different 
family upbringings and traditions and also different sins and struggles and wounds that people carry. And in that respect, everybody is vastly different, but everybody is also exactly the same that we were created by a God who loves us and wants to spend eternity for us. And as we were just talking about earlier, I think the real, the real fruit of this conference is it's an opportunity to let the truth of the gospel pierce your heart and pierce the hearts of the men and women who are in your sphere of influence in a way that, as we were just talking about earlier, we don't get this on a day-to-day basis because we live in a culture that is so anti-God, so anti-family, so anti-faith. Uh, and so this is just a wonderful opportunity to, to bring people together to hear the truth of the gospel. Well, and I, again, I know, you know, the years as these things progress, the numbers continue to grow. I mean, it's almost mind boggling how many people participate, but you have great speakers. I think I was looking online. I think what Father Mike Schmitz, you're going to have Ted Shree. I mean, you have a bunch of really good speakers this year again, too, don't you? Yeah, exactly. No, it's amazing. We've been able to have uh, Father Mike Schmitz for the last number of years, Sister Bethany Madonna, Jason Everett, Dr. Shree, as you mentioned. Uh, Monsignor Shea is going to be tuning in as well as Sister Miriam Headland from SALT uh, and also our founder, Curtis Martin, Father Josh Johnson. There's a number of speakers who are going to be kind of speaking on the main stage, our keynotes. Uh, But in addition to that, there's probably 25 different impact sessions that are going to be more of of a a la carte menu that people can tune in for different, you know, if you want to do a deeper dive on a specific topic, uh, there's going to be a vast array of options for people to kind of pick and choose what are the topics that they want to learn a little bit more about. So if somebody's listening, you know, they're, they're active in their parish, is there a way for parishes, especially the young people in parishes, to participate in this digital conference that's coming up and really make it something big within the parish? Absolutely. No, I think there's a number of ways that people can gather. Uh, one thing that I would share to, to all of your listeners is the, the, the goal of this conference is to foster Christian community. So it's one thing if, you know, if you want to log in and, and register and, and you know, watch the talks by yourself in your living room, that's great. But I would really encourage everybody, the real fruit of this conference is to gather people together, whether it's in a living room or at a parish hall, the vast majority of the participants are going to be tuning in from college campuses all over the world, but to, to gather together to be able to, to start relationships that are based on a foundation of the gospel. And, and my hope and my dream, and I know our leaders would say the same, is that the, the real fruit will come from that group continuing to meet, to continue to wrestle, whether it be in a Bible study or, or a, a small group to hold each other accountable and different things. And that's really where the transformation continues. Seek is going to be an amazing catalyst. It's going to start a lot of amazing things, but the real fruit comes from those groups that gather after Seek is done. So have you seen that happen in other parishes where, you know, they did it for, you know, they got together for a Seek conference and the thing has just continued to grow and grow and grow. Is that, is that kind of the the purpose for, Hey, let's get more parishes involved because I hear a lot. But, you know, what's going on at the parish? What can be done for young people? And this is this seems like the exact uh, remedy for that question. No, it's a great question. I think the so the fact of the matter is, as we said earlier, every every man, woman on the earth is created for an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ to spend eternity in heaven uh, with our Lord, with the saints, worshiping him. Um, The fact of the matter is parishes, if you want to fulfill the Great Commission, right, when, when our Lord, right before he ascends, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. If you want to fulfill the Great Commission, you have to help parishes. 
the college campus will always be an intimate place that focus is focused, pardon the pun, uh, because it's such a leveraged time in people's lives, right? Like college students, they don't think they have a lot of free time, but they really do have a lot of free time. Um, but every single college student in, in the world right now, if they are going to remain Catholic, they're going to end up in a parish after they graduate. And so we want to be able to offer to parishes, hey, this is an opportunity for you to continue to bring the light of the gospel to the men and women, the families that, that participate at your parish. So what, what's the website where people can go to sign up for this? Can they sign up? Can a parish sign up as a group? Do they have to know how many is in the group? Kind of what are some of the details so that they know what to do when to sign up? No, absolutely. So the website is seek.focus.org. So if you go to seek.focus.org, that will take you to the homepage for the conference. And as you just asked, there are a number of different ways that you can register. You, you are able to register as an individual. If you want to just sit in your living room and go through it with your family, uh, as I said earlier, I would really recommend looking at some of the different small groups. Um, there's, there's a number of opportunities to, to register as small groups. I would say the other option, which is a little bit more of a, of a larger scale, would be if a parish, uh, so if a pastor really wants to get behind this and to gather a larger group, you know, 50, 70, 100, or even more, uh, there's a parish pack option. And so that, that actually includes up to, I think it's seven different small groups. And then they're able to register different small groups as they need if, if more people sign up. But if you go to seek.focus.org, all of the information and the different options will be there for you. And who the speakers are and the groups and the breakout sessions, I'm sure, are probably on there. So I think, you know, you guys spend a lot of time. My guess is the minute this thing is over, if it takes that long, you're already planning on the next one. You're exactly right. No, I, I want to give a shout out to our event team and our marketing team and our formation team. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. This is not a you know three day experience uh, for for the people who are working behind the scenes. Once once this ends, there'll probably be about a week, maybe two weeks, where we're all just going to fall on our knees and thank the Lord for the way that He blessed this event, for the work that He has begun in the souls of men and women all over the world, uh, and then the, the work will begin for Seek Twenty Three. You're right. So, I, I mean, I guess your, your goal after the last couple of years would hopefully to be have people get together, but doing this digitally probably just enhances the amount of people you can attract to this, right? You'll, I mean, if, so if you can do live next year, you probably would, but the digital piece is probably here to stay, right? No, I think you're exactly right. You know, as I mentioned earlier, there is something unbelievably powerful about walking into a room and seeing thousands of people who are all there seeking and searching for the truth of the gospel, for, the, for God the Father to reveal the truth of who they are and who he is in their life. There's something so powerful about that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is it, that you're right, this digital piece, not everybody is able to go to one location. Um, you know, families and, and elderly and people who, you know, have, have travel restrictions and different things, the ability to reach more people through a digital platform form is a real blessing. How, how important, I mean, you know, this is obviously, it's always been important and you guys have been doing these things since the late nineties, but you know, the world just seems so dark. It just, everything, mm -hmm. everything's negative, right? I mean, you have leaders of countries like, Trudeau in Canada telling is telling people who aren't vaccinated you're misogynist racist because you don't follow this. I mean, we are just getting bludgeoned mm -hmm. negative information, disunity, uh, this woke culture that that I mentioned before. 
this just makes what you guys are doing that much more important. The light you guys must be shining must seem like the sun. No, I think you're exactly right. And I, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't intentionally take the spotlight off of focus and put it back on Jesus. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that I talk to who are like, man, you know, it's so incredible what focus is doing, all of focus's materials, all of focus's methods. And, and the reality is I, I'm so grateful for our leaders because the reality is I, everybody here wants to take the spotlight off of focus and put it back on Jesus. Everything we're trying to do is not rocket science and it's not something that we invented. Everything that we're trying to do, we're, we're just painstakingly trying to look at what our Lord did in the Gospels, the way that he spent time with the 12 and the 72 and the thousands to be able to replicate that model and say, all right, Lord, if you actually want us to participate in your mission to reach the world, we've got to imitate you and we've got to cling so closely to you uh, that we actually, it, it's actually, it becomes harder and harder to become distracted by the craziness in the world, right? You mentioned the world leaders and the craziness and and all the stuff that the, the way that people are reacting to this virus and the infringement on freedoms all over the world. And all of that's really important. We, we should pay attention to that, but we can't lose hope and we can't lose sight of the fact that the Lord, who is the creator of the universe, you know, in the creed, we, we pray through him, all things were made. That's the guy that we serve. That's the guy that we are trying to, uh, to bring into the world. And so that just brings hope. And I think, you know, as the world gets crazier and crazier, young people are smart enough to realize the, how, how just obscene and ridiculous some of this stuff is. And the more that the world gets crazy, when you bring the light of the gospel, when you bring these truths in front of people, it becomes so attractive to them. Cause they're like, you know, this is the first real thing somebody's told me in six months. And that's, that's really how uh, the swell continues to grow. Well, and I, I can't agree with you more, right? Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Any other way without him is going to lead to failure and to bring and promote him and just to remind people that they are loved by him, right? I mean, in the end, it doesn't matter what the world tells you. The world didn't create you, and we're just visitors here anyway. So to bring people mm -hmm. to the gospel, to bring people to the love of Jesus Christ is the mission of everyone, not just at Focus. It's everyone, right? We're all called Absolutely. to this. And when we don't, or we're afraid to, I think that's why we end up in a world we're in now, because people has lost, have lost focus. And what you guys are doing is just putting the focus back where it needs to be. Absolutely. No, I, I love that you mentioned that because I think it is so true. So again, people can sign up. They can go, uh, what's the web website again? Seek.focus.org. So if you go to seek.focus.org, uh, all of the information to, to participate in this conference, which will be hosted live February 4th through 7th. Uh, but if you register and those dates don't work for you and, you know, let's say your small group, it makes more sense to meet later in February or in March. Uh, there's, you know, you can, you'll have access to all of the content from the conference through the end of the summer. And so seek.focus.org will be live February 4th through 7th. Uh, but then all of the content will be available to everybody who registers through the end of the summer. And I know you're focused really on, on, on growing what's going on within the parishes uh, do pastors just need to go on the website and should they contact somebody there? How, how best if a pastor is listening and says, Hey, we need to, we need to be doing this. No, that's a great question. I would say start with the website and, uh, and go see if there's something on there that answers your questions. And if, if you have unique questions or, or things that the website doesn't quite answer, I would just shoot a quick email to info at focus.org. 
and you will be connected immediately to to members of my team. Uh, there's about 40 of us who are working constantly to try to help uh, pastors all over the country, and now even a few who are in Europe uh, who are asking us to to help them. Um, and so my hope is that we'll be able to answer just about anything. And if there is a desire to have a small group or several small groups at your parish, we would be so excited to help you get that launch. How 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 has the growth of the parishes grown? I mean, was was the last seat conference the first time you guys focused on this? How long have you been focused on really trying to bolster the parishes? So I'll give you a little a little bit of the history here is, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's the fellowship of Catholic university students. And so we've always had a, a very intentional focus on the college campus as focus has grown. And as as many of, of the men and women that we have served and loved have graduated and gone into the workforce or missionaries that have served with focus have moved on into into different fields. All of those men and women are living in parishes now. And as they continue to try to live this method that was modeled by Jesus. Uh, they're saying, hey, you know, could we use some of your resources? Could we use some of your events? Could we, you know, is there anything that you could offer that could help us be more effective in transmitting the gospel to the people that are here in my community? And so that has that developed into parishes actually saying, hey, I know you guys send missionaries to campuses, but back in 2014, there were some pastors who said, what if we brought some some missionaries to our parish? And it has been wildly successful. Uh, so that that started back in 2014, and here, you know, just eight years later, uh, we're serving at 22 different parish locations all over the country. Uh, and there's a few that are digitally that we're serving over in Europe, as I mentioned earlier. But really, again, this is not uh, this is not a testament to focus as much as it is to our Lord saying, I, "I told you guys, if you would just follow me, if you would do what I do." men and women would come alive in their faith. They would come alive in their relationship. And you could read, you know, in the Gospels and Acts of the Apostles, this is how the faith spreads. It doesn't spread from a stage. I think there's a, a wonderful quote from Father Mike Schmidt. It doesn't, it, the, the Gospel doesn't spread from a stage. It spreads in the context of relationships. And so it's amazing, you know, we're, we're offering this content, a lot of people who are up on stages, but the, as I said earlier, the real fruit comes from the relationships that are formed and continue after this event. And so in the parishes, this is amazing because on college campus, you know, at best, you've got five years with somebody if they decide to take a victory lap and you caught them as a freshman. But in the parish, you really get to actually live the method that was modeled by the master in a way that is, that is more true to what he actually did, because you get to spend an indefinite amount of time with men and women that you're building relationship with. Your kids start to go to school together. You know, you're in the same softball league and, and your families get together for barbecues in the summer. And, and those types of relationships are the fertile ground that the Lord is able to bring the truth of his gospel. Well, and we need those relationships, right? Again, in, in a world that keeps giving you negative information, keeps denying, you know, Christ or, or try to cut him off at the past, we need to surround ourselves with people who are going to help us focus on our salvation and, and our goal to get to heaven not the negative naysayers who are just trying to make our lives miserable, right? No, you're spot on, Deacon Jeff. I, so when, when the beginning of the COVID craziness started back in, in early 2020, I was still serving as a regional director on the East Coast. So regional directors are kind of the middleman between what's happening on campus and what's happening you know, with the diocese and then what's happening with focus. And so you can imagine the East Coast was kind of the epicenter of the COVID insanity, right? We had campuses locked down and you know, otherwise healthy students being told they can't leave their room unless they're wearing masks and all this stuff. 
And really what you saw the, at the beginning was a real spike in the isolation and the loneliness that people experience because, because of all of this, uh, all of these COVID restrictions. But as I mentioned earlier, what we also saw was an unbelievable outpouring of people saying, hey, I don't even care if it's on a computer screen. I just want to be with people. And the fact that these people are joyful, that they're hopeful, that they're not living in fear, that they do believe that they were created to be unbelievable saints, that's really attractive. And there was an unbelievable fruit of what we saw all over the country. But from, from my experience on the East Coast, we had athletes and, and Greek students who otherwise weren't, you know, didn't have the time to really fit a Bible study or time for mass and the sacraments into their schedule. Well, everything shut down. And all of a sudden, they do have time to get involved in a small group. And so we saw an unbelievable outpouring of men and women who otherwise were, you know, quote unquote, too busy to do something regarding the faith, who started to realize, no, I actually need this in my life. Well, I mean, in the, you know, the stats keep coming out, right? I think uh, fentanyl deaths are the leading cause of death for, ch- for got people like 18 to 45. Uh, you know, we know suicides are up, depression. So to have an outlet and to have a community, right? Jesus didn't mean for us to be solo travelers, right? He wants us to be relational and he wants us to have these groups. And you guys are just fostering what he wants, like you were saying, right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing new and nothing spectacular here. This is a call as Pope Francis makes very clear in Evangelic Gaudium that if you are baptized, you are a missionary disciple. You are called to go take the gospel. You are called to take the, the truth of who God is, who he says he is, and who he says you are to, to the people who are around you. Now, that doesn't mean you need to be a theologian or you need to, you, know, you need to have a degree or you need to be a professional speaker or whatever. Uh, but what it does mean is you can bring the joy of what the Lord has done in your life to those who are around you. I, you know, I think of the woman at the well, right? Not only is she not a trained theologian or a professional Catholic speaker, she's actually, you know, just a regular woman who's living in crazy sin. But the Lord comes into her life. He pierces her reality with his reality, with the truth of who he is. And immediately she goes and starts telling everybody around her, I just met the Messiah. I met a man who told me everything I ever did. And that's all it takes. It takes, you know, us opening ourselves up to the Lord and then realizing I've been given an infinitely valuable gift. You know, I, if I see a good movie, I'm going to tell my friend, hey, you should go watch this movie. It was a good movie. How much more should I want to go tell my friends when I experience the infinite truth and goodness of who Jesus Christ is? Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.